Welcome to Roof of the World, Tibet in Context, a podcast by the Foundation for Nonviolent Alternatives. Welcome to the podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about what happens when China seeks to bully and influence European democracies by attempting to prevent peaceful protests against the Chinese Communist Party. As oppression has intensified in the PRC, the visits of Communist Party leaders to the West have naturally been the focus of peaceful protest. Tibetans, Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, Falun Gong devotees and many Chinese living in free countries have sought to express their anguish and to press for change and an end to killings, torture and disappearances in China. But in recent years, there's been a disturbing trend. Police taking away people's Tibetan flags and parking white vans in front of protesters to block them from honoured Chinese guests. Chinese people seizing Tibetan flags from demonstrators and throwing them into the river. In London, a Tiananmen Square protester standing in the street with placards being violently arrested by, before Xi Jinping's car turned the corner and two Tibetan women taken into custody and their computers seized from their homes in the middle of the night. Our three guests today have direct experience of these bullying tactics and how Western police forces colluded with them. And they decided to fight back, achieving significant victories in holding both the CCP and their own governments and security services to account. This has taken years of work. In Denmark alone, two official Tibet commissions ruled on the treatment of protesters during visits by Chinese leaders, including Hu Jintao, from the years 1995 to 2018, as well as the specific period of 2012-2014. It was only revealed in 2021 as a result that the Danish government pressured the police to be heavy-handed with protesters during official visits of Chinese in Denmark. We're delighted to welcome Xiao Zhang in London, Martin Bursik in Prague, and Anders Andersen in Copenhagen. And I think this is the first time that you've all spoken together about your experiences and indeed historic work in defending our freedoms in this way, sending an important message to both China, the Chinese government and to our own governments. So welcome everybody. And I'd, I'd like to start with asking Martin Bursik about your experiences in Prague. Yes, thank you uh, for your introduction. Yes, uh, so let's go back to the year 2016 when uh, uh, there was a planned visit of uh, a president, chief of the Communist, Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping in Prague, invited by a pro-Chinese uh, uh, president uh, of the Czech Republic, Zeman, who's uh, finally going to leave his post within uh, 10 days. We are just before new presidential elections right now. And um, we, uh, as a, uh, physical persons and uh, Czech support Tibet activists, we 
We properly announced a peaceful demonstration for the defense of democracy and human rights in Tibet, China, Taiwan, and Czech Republic on this occasion. And um, um, what happened to us, so we, we, we legally, formally have done everything uh, right. However, um, uh, the square was closed in the that morning by cordons of heavily armed police officers. There was a helicopter above. It looked like a you know football match with the you know rowdies. Uh, the the police uh, called that an appropriate intervention, with the aim to ensure the protection of protected persons means means these two presidents, and um, uh, you know appropriate intervention. It's uh, uh, it's difficult to believe in it because in a forefront of the demonstration where we were 1500 more than 1500 people the in a forefront the there the was a sister of president Václav Havel and there was a catholic priest there was a former minister for for foreign affairs Karel Schwarzenberg uh, other charter 77 activists so really peaceful peaceful gathering and um uh, there was not even a theoretical possibility of endangering the security of presidents because they were more than two kilometers away. And uh, uh, there is, we, we, you know, within our uh, legal system, aside of the constitution, we do have a constitution, a charter of fundamental rights and freedoms. And Article 19 says that there, there is a right to assemble peacefully and this right shall be guaranteed. And this right may be restricted by a law in cases of assembly in public places, if the measures are necessary in a democratic society for the protection of the rights and freedoms of others. So it can be regulated uh, uh, only through a specific law. And um, so uh, the state can only prevent a duly announced demonstration from taking place on the basis of the act of uh, on the right of assembly and what we realized is that what what happened was that uh, the police of the czech republic the ministry for interior and the city of prague uh in fact uh, uh, instead of using this act uh, they uh, decided to use a a uh, travel a, a a a regulation in the area of traffic. So they simply closed down the whole square in front of the castle, and and we had no so so the right right road sign suddenly ha had a more power than a constitution in a democratic in a democratic state and. And during this visit of Xi Jinping, there were it, it it was rather clear for us very soon that the police is on the side of a of a Chinese uh, visit, and uh, so there were incidents like that. The police climb up the ladder to the first floor of 
of the apartment building and they took down the Tibetan flag from the window so that she doesn't see the flag when having a lunch with the Czech presidents. Or, or the police broke into the office and removed the Tibetan flag from the window inside the office of a private company. Or they entered the Film and Musical Arts Academy and demanded the flag to be removed. The university refused it. So this, this was a clear abuse uh, of power. Uh, Um, uh, so that uh, uh, the Chinese Communist Party chairman does not see a protest against human rights abuses in in uh, in Tibet. We uh, and this was all in the atmosphere when when Czech President Zeman said that he was uh, that he was not going to China to lecture on human rights but to learn how to stabilize the society so completely disgusting political environment that time so after all this we decided to turn to the court and sue the ministry for the interior the interior the police of the Czech Republic and the city of Prague for violation violation of constitutional rights Um, the uh, the court itself uh, took almost six years. Um, uh, started with municipal court, we lost it. Then supreme administrative court, negative decision again. Then we went to constitutional court when we won it, and back again supreme administrative court, and finally municipal court in November 2021. So after almost six years, we demanded justice. And, uh, and in a court statement saying that the state violated the rights of citizens during the visit of Chinese president in 2016. So this is what the court uh, ruled and we, fi we finally won it. It's very important because, uh, because through this period uh, it was clear that the state tended to limit citizens' rights to political order and if we didn't speak up the our democracy would be weakened so uh, this is a very clear example how, how important it is uh, to protect our democracies our western type democracy uh, against the chinese despotism and if you if there are individuals uh, politicians uh, 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 representatives of the of the city who are who are ready to collaborate with this regime. So then it can happen that they together endanger the elementary democratic values. So thanks for we won it as very principal. It was, it was commented in a, in a media very well. So, so this is in brief our short, uh, this is in brief our story. Thank you, Martin. And for those who are listening rather than watching, Just to give Martin's background, Martin is the former environment minister of the Czech government and now the chair of Czech Support Tibet, which is a very effective advocacy and campaign organization pressing for, for change there in Prague. I wonder if before we go on to discuss some of the implications of this significant victory and the others, I could ask Xiao Zhang, who is a scholar based here in London and a, a Tiananmen Square survivor, 
if you could talk about your experience in London in 2015, when uh, the Chinese leader Xi Jinping was accorded the full uh, protocols and pomp and ceremony of a uh, state visit to the UK. And um, I wonder if you could talk about what happened to you and how you, you later started to fight this in a similar way to Martin, really seeking accountability and uh, some, some justice and to find out where this pressure was coming from. So uh, first, I uh, thank you uh, for your having for exchange uh, our experience. It's great to hear from the inspiring presses from the Anders and the Martin. So uh, for our case uh, regarding my illegal arrest, detention, home raid, and the searching of the computers and the date storage as well as uh, release on bail condition during the Xi Jinping visit in UK in October 2015. I would like to share our investigation, including uh, our complaints that my wife and I filed following my uh, unlawful uh, arrest through uh, independent office for police con conduct uh, IOPC on the UK police officials. Can we take you back to the moment that you were arrested? It was when Xi Jinping was due to arrive in the city of London for, I think, uh, some sort of banquet. Um, and you were standing on a street corner, weren't you, with two, two small banners, two small placards, and one of them, I think, was End Autocracy Now. Democracy uh, Now. Yeah. Democracy Now, yes. Yeah. Yes, that, that so you, a, were, you were standing there. It was peace, entirely peaceful, of course. You were just standing there with those two placards. And and what happened to you? Uh, that, that is because I don't know what exactly the police uh, uh, operation during the Xi Jinping one during our uh, investigation. So we found the actually uh, UK government department uh, with the Chinese de delegation. They have several meeting before uh, the state visit. They actually, the, um, the UK police and the UK government uh, did whatever the Chinese delegation asked for. For example, they normally they don't want the uh, Xi Jinping um, uh, heard some slogan, especially in Chinese slogan, and also the uh, also this uh, uh, just the push the protest away, mainly a male's way according to the Chinese delegation. They ask the five male survey. Also, they ask the suspension of the. Human Rights Act. This, this procedure we just found from the IOPC uh, the report. Also, you can look at the IOPC report online. So I just maybe uh, fork this one. You can maybe understand how the uh, Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party use the economic leverage and influence the the 
peaceful protest, uh, right to peaceful protest, and other uh, other political issues in in the UK. So I I just uh, maybe uh, uh, focus um, uh, two procedure. We just uh, decide to um, investigate the procedure. One is a is a IOPC. Uh, Independent office for police uh, conductor uh, and other for civil claim. So after I I was uh, arrested and released, the after Xi Jinping uh, leave the UK, they have the parliament uh, hearing and a lot of the uh, mainstream uh, uh, media in UK report uh, our case, including two Tibetan. Uh, a violent protester. So they, the police quickly drop our charge because after that they, they decide charge in December. They want to sue us uh, during the court procedure. And uh, after the, they drop the, um, the police drop this, uh, this case, we just uh, decide to um, Fellow failed the law case against the police. That is the first stage is IOPC uh, procedure. So, which is the police complaints? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. use this one, we find some uh, very important evidence, um, including. Um, some is the, uh, the further uh, evidence uh, of the involvement of the UK uh, government department, including the Home Office, Foreign Office, and the Prime Minister's Office regarding um, my arrest, or uh, maybe including other Tibetan uh, protesters. I have also uh, studied the economic uh, aspect of the transaction of the Chinese uh, British elite group in uh, relevant to my case. Uh, our purpose of the, uh, this investigation is to uh, achieve full uh, um, transparency and accountability to all those responsible. Uh, this investigation procedure is still ongoing this procedure is currently only partially uh, transparent. Uh, while no officials in UK have been held accountable. Uh, in, 2000, uh, in June 2019, the Independent Office for Police Conduct published its fun funding and uh, decision uh, in response to the our complaints. After three and a half years of waiting for this report, we have been left completely disappointed by the IOPC decision to let off the police officials responsible for illegal arrest, uh, detention, home raid, and searching of computer equipment. We have learned that after long investigation of IOPC found a case to answer for a gross misconduct against two senior police officials. However, 
after uh, criticism from the Metropolitan Police Service, the IOPC reversed their decision and dropped its funding. We found that both are morally wrong and uh, procedurally incorrectly. So uh, it has emerged that the uh, police official have briefed to make sure that the state visit, in Xi Jinping visit, run smartly without embarrassment to the Chinese uh, dictatorship, dictator. And that nothing was too wrong, uh, go, go wrong, that the, according to the police uh, briefing. The report, including comments by one of the Sydney police uh, officials involved in um, policing the events, that protest near Chinese president is uh, almost never tolerant, especially in foreign countries, means UK. Since uh, July 2019, uh, civil claim procedure in uh, its internal procedure has been uh, going on that primarily investigate a reduction from the IOPC report, including police officials' uh, statement and the information relevant to our case but not including in the IOPC report, including concrete requests from the Chinese representatives and the British government department uh, activity involved in my arrest date. After Xi Jinping visited to UK, some evidence showed that the British official who actively cooperated with the CCP representatives in, uh, in restricting the right, uh, right to peaceful protest, continue to gain position of the influence and profiting from the Chinese uh, British elite trade after they leave, even they leave the government position. This is partially due to agreement between uh, my lawyer and the police lawyer that we are not allowed to publish. The publishing, the information is only uh, possible with the consent of the police. Because of the uh, British uh, government cutting legal ads, if we won't go ahead with the court procedure, I will have to set aside over half a million pounds to pay both Celester and the barrister of mine and the police, the lawyer. So we had to put the procedure on hold at that moment. Um, I have also a procedure uh, asked to uh, uh, MPs to have parliament investigate or uh, authorities uh, independent inquiry into the interest of the British elite group in their dealing with the Chinese Communist Party and the international business company, but there has been no response. After Xi Jinping uh, leave the UK, the more uh, comprehensive uh, and systemic uh, suppression in uh, society by the CCP, the death of the uh, Nobel Peace Prize 
uh, laureate Liu Xiaobo and many more prisoners of the conscience in, died in a prison or in police custody. The establishment of the concentration camp for the detention of Uyghur and the uh, Turkic Muslim and even a harshly social control in name of the COVID-19. The recent adoption of the police and the crime bill and the restrictions on the right to strike will uh, criminalize the peaceful protest in the UK are the wrong, uh, are wearing developed that icons what the CCP regime is doing in China. So I just show maybe my experience and I'm, I'm opposition, uh, the UK recent uh, problem. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Xiaojiang. That's, um, it, it's really remarkable what you have done to pursue this, this legal case. And what you've found is that there is complicity at the highest levels of the establishment in ensuring the uh, state visit of Xi Jinping went so smoothly. And just to, to take us back to that day, because I remember I was in the I was in the police station with your wife, uh, Johanna, in the middle of the night um, on Bishopsgate um, after your arrest, because you had been literally dragged off the street by at least two or three uh, police. Um, when Xi Jinping's cortege appeared in view. Um, and together with you, there were two Tibetan women, Sonam and Dolly, who hadn't even been holding any placards. I think they were just standing by the side of the road as the vehicle um, of Xi Jinping approached. And they were also taken to the same police station and held overnight. And one of the uh, very unusual things um, about this, this action, the way the police went so far, is that then your home received a visit while you were in the cell um, and your computer was taken away. And from what I can remember, also your wife's iPad. Yeah. Yeah, um, as my wife, like, uh, almost uh, the two is uh, uh, UPS, USP, uh, this data storage I'll take. Mm, they actually they take the mobile phone and they use this uh, police uh, software program. They just copy the data uh, from mm. my mobile phone. And they, they yeah, also, and also they, to... they, I can, they try to log in my uh, Gmail account and uh, they log in my uh, Apple account. Actually, I cannot use Apple account uh, when they return my computer. So I can account, I just this, I just gave up this account because I cannot log in because they, they try to uh, log in my uh, Apple account for many times, this locked this account. This, this account cannot is not useful. So mm -hmm. I just use a new kind because you you mentioned a very important issue. When they arrest me uh, using name a uh, breach of peace, it means police official only can uh, hold me uh, maximum six hours. That's why it become the second arrest 
is a very serious uh, charge. It's a conspiracy in public uh, section of the uh, public uh, um, order. The section five is means they can call, hold you um, 44 hours. But if you see conspiracy is a condition is not only me, that's why you can understand that they, after I was arrested, 10 minutes later, Sungna Adoli was arrested. Because if you, the police want- The two to were arrested, yes. Yeah, yeah the charge is means, is, uh, the second charge is uh, the conspiracy. They must uh, at least two people. So uh, from our investment, I can assure is uh, Dolly is just the state pavement, not me. I just stayed on the um, street and soon I'm just be shot the slogan. But it is actually they not blocked the, their Xi Jinping's car. That, that is a different story, but they try to, uh, the police try to make the story, conspiracy story, the rest of the two Tibetan uh, protesters. That's the story. Mm. Yes, because I, I remember at the time one of the uh, one of the police officers talking about you being arrested on charges of conspiracy, and to which the response was, well, how could there be a conspiracy? He was standing on his own there on the road. Anyway, and they also went to the houses of the two Tibetan women and uh, also took computers as well so so really escalating it and and i know it's been a long and painful struggle for accountability and justice for you um over over some years xiaojiang and and really the way you've pursued it is is remarkable and i'm sorry that it's the case now that you've been told a figure of half a million pounds <laughs> to, to fight this further legally um but you've already made tremendous progress, and uh, and and I hope I hope that the um, the China Hawks in Parliament right now, the China Research Group, um, will help to take this further politically, at least, as the UK reevaluates its its relationship with with China, and perhaps we can go back to talking about this, I'd first of all just like to hear from Anders about uh, your experience also over many years seeking accountability after Danish police interfered with uh, peaceful protests during various visits of Chinese leaders. Anders, I wonder if you could introduce yourself and uh, let us know about what happened in Copenhagen. Yes, sure, I will do that. And thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about the Danish-Tibet uh, case, as, as it's called here. Um, I'm chairman of the Tibet Support Committee and have been uh, involved uh, in our activities since 1989, um, based on uh, my travels for more than two years in Tibet. also did some fieldwork as a social anthropologist. But um, the Tibet case in Denmark really started in 2012 on the 14th to 16th of June when uh, Hu Tao uh, made a state visit uh, to Denmark. This was actually the first uh, Chinese state visit to Denmark ever. So it was a really a big deal for the, in uh, the industry and for, for the government. 
So we had planned a demonstration in front of the Danish parliament and uh, it was moved to a square uh, 300 meters uh, away from the parliament where we were not really visible. Uh, in, the, in the evening of, uh, uh, at 8 p.m., shortly before uh, whose arrival uh, at a state dinner in the parliament, the police placed uh, four police vans in front of our small demonstration and told us to, to stop playing music. So we were not only not visible, but we, they couldn't hear us uh, either. However, we, uh, we were prepared, prepared for the police to try to uh, stop us from demonstrating. So our main focus had actually been uh, to show the Tibetan flag to the president along his uh, sightseeing route in Copenhagen. But uh, in at least uh, 11 separate cases, the police prevented us from uh, displaying Tibetan flags uh, in those locations. The police uh, took away four flags. They detained uh, seven activists. They threatened uh, six of them with arrest and uh, used physical force in at least five cases. And uh, all of us were uh, activists were turned away, although we were completely peaceful and stood quietly in public places. So after the state visit, the police basically denied everything. We had been prepared for the police to try to stop us, but not from the fact that they lied about it afterwards. They also hadn't recorded their actions against us in their own electronic logs, although they are required to do that by, by law. Um, this left off us with uh, no proof at all. In the beginning, we had no good photos and no relevant uh, video recordings. We only had ourselves as uh, witnesses. So this made it very difficult to persuade activists to take the police to court. People risked uh, huge lawyer fees because they couldn't prove anything. Fortunately, our lawyer informed us of uh, special rules in cases of illegal detention in Denmark. Being uh, detained by the police can take the police to court for free in, in those cases. Uh, and in such cases, it's uh, the police that has the, the burden of uh, proof. They had to document that they didn't uh, detain anyone illegally. So our first six court cases were all limited to the, the formal question of illegal detention and not to human rights abuses. On the 18th of February in 2014, uh, we finally won one of these cases and uh, lost the rest. In the meantime, we had also filed a, a number of uh, formal complaints uh, directed to the police and also to the independent uh, police complaints authority. The latter dismissed our complaints without uh, investigating them. Uh, although we were eight, uh, we were eleven people testifying to the same type of uh, police interference in our right to to demonstrate, the complaints authority uh, chose to believe the the police, which had lied from the start. Actually, so we appealed the the court rulings to the high court. Um, in the meantime, we were we were preparing for the main court cases concerning human rights abuses including our constitutional rights of free assembly and freedom uh, of speech. Uh, eight of us ended up uh, suing the police for these uh, uh, questions. Actually, we had been using the state-funded court cases about illegal detention 
uh, to gather evidence from the authorities for the main court cases. And this proved to be a successful uh, strategy. So um, three months before the appeal cases were about to start, the high court granted us, us the right of access to material that turned out to prove beyond any doubt that the police had followed orders when they prevented us from uh, demonstrating. We, rece we received a number of tape recordings of the radio communication between the poli police headquarters and uh, policemen serving in the streets during the state visits. So the high court ended up uh, confirming the previous verdict, but they also stated that there was evidence of uh, police having prevented people from displaying uh, Tibetan flags. A few days later, the final uh, breakthrough in our case uh, came. Uh, Copenhagen police uh, found um, a written operational command for the state visit in June 2012 which contained a clear order to the effect that any protest should be kept out of sight for the Ch Chinese guests. This caused a, a huge scandal and resulted in two large-scale invest investigations, because at that time it was also clear that the police had been lying for, for three years. So uh, one investigation was done by the, by the same police complaints authority that had turned down our original complaints uh, originally, uh, without looking into, into them uh, at all. Uh, but now the complaints authority embarked on the largest uh, investigation ever with uh, interviewing more than 400 police officers and dozens of uh, activists. The other investigation was a commission uh, formed by the Ministry of Justice, uh, the Tibet Commission. Uh, so it consisted of uh, three senior lawyers and was scheduled to last for, for two years. So the results of the, the, of the Tibet Commission were published in a 2,000 pages report on the 18th of December 2017. And you can actually see the, the findings here behind me. This is the, these are the results of the first Tibet Commission and these are the results of the, of the second. So uh, the conclusions by the, by the first Tibet Commission was that uh, two mid-level mid leaders in Copenhagen police were responsible for the illegal actions uh, against us and for issuing illegal orders and for misinforming the parliament because the parliament has from the beginning uh, supported our case by asking formal questions to the Minister of, of Justice. Um, and the commission also criticized the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Danish Security and Intelligence Service for creating an atmosphere which uh, stimulated the police to formulate their illegal orders. These results had the consequence that the uh, Copenhagen police uh, admitted their faults and acknowledged all of the grievances that we had put forward when we sued the police for human rights violations in uh, June uh, 2015. Uh, on top of this, uh, Copenhagen police promised uh, all participants in our main demonstration uh, compensations of 20,000 Danish kroner each. That, that's about uh, 2,700 euros. And more than 100 activists uh, received these compensations. But the Tibet case was uh, far from over. Uh, in the support committee, we had uh, kept pointing out that the police had also tried to prevent us from demonstrating uh, visibly 
during earlier uh, Chinese visits to Denmark, uh, so before 2012. And uh, journalists found a number of policemen who had actually uh, testified to this uh, and uh, admitted that for two decades, uh, they had uh, it perceived they perceived it as their duty to to shield visiting Ch Chinese top leaders from uh, demonstrations uh, in Denmark. Journalists were also able to document that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs had several electronic backup systems that had never been searched for re relevant uh, emails and documents by the first Tibet Commission. So this prompted the Minister of Justice to ask the Tibet Commission to resume its work. Uh, but with a wider mandate this time. So the second Tibet Commission started its work in July 2018, investigating Chinese visits from 1995 to 2018. It interviewed all prime ministers and foreign ministers that had served in this period, and dozens of, dozens of uh, government officials and dozens of police officers as well as uh, employees in the royal court and uh, military officers. It collected uh, 185 million documents, 8,000 mailboxes, and 26,000 sound, uh, sound recordings from the police. So its findings were published in, uh, on the 28th of March uh, last year. And this time the, the foreign ministry uh, didn't avoid criticism. The commission found that its handling of Chinese visits to Denmark had been characterized, characterized by an administrative culture where avoiding to offend Chinese guests was more important than the Danish constitution and the European Convention on, on Human Rights. And this is actually a, a nearly directly uh, a quote. The commission especially criticized the fact that the foreign ministry had actively encouraged and cooperated with the police to prevent uh, demonstrations during con concrete uh, visits. The commission found it reprehensible that the foreign ministry had not specified that the constitution uh, and human rights had to be complied with when they transferred the Chinese wishes to the Danish security and intelligence service and to Copenhagen police. In their, in their communication with the Chinese embassy, foreign ministry officials would uh, most often say that they were not able to comply with the Chinese wishes to make us uh, invisible. But in reality, the ministry applied a consi considerable uh, pressure on the security uh, police and, and Copenhagen police to accommodate the Chinese wishes. In the same way, the, the security service was uh, criticized for passing on Chinese uh, wishes to the police um, with the effect that they should uh, try to avoid con con confrontations with the demonstrations, but without specifying that the con constitution should be uh, respected. And with regard to Copenhagen police, the commission found that uh, they had uh, given instructions in 2002, 2004, 2012, and 2013, uh, with the effects that uh, they took uh, actions that were clearly illegal. The commission states that this should be seen in the light of pressure by the foreign ministry uh, and uh, the Danish security and intelligence service. 
but these circumstances uh, do not change the fact that the actions of Copenhagen police were clearly illegal and uh, it does not uh, absolve them from liability. So afterwards, the foreign minister stated that it would take a number of measures to secure that this could not happen again, but uh, we have still to see precisely what they have actually done. So the Tibet case is still not finished and uh, there might even be a third Tibet commission coming because of the scandal surrounding the reality that the foreign ministry didn't pass on all relevant documents to the Tibet commission in the first case. So I'd like to speak a little bit about Chinese uh, pressure on Danish uh, authorities. I think this is really one, the Danish Tibet case is really one case where now we have actual proof of how the Chinese pressure on our own foreign ministry resulted in illegal actions on the streets of Copenhagen. Um, so this pressure by the Chinese uh, embassy in Copenhagen and the Chinese foreign ministry was uh, applied in letters to the foreign ministry, in emails and during meetings. And many of these emails and letters are actually quoted uh, in great length in, in this report that I showed you before. So just to take an example, from May to S September 2002, the Chinese contacted, contacted the Danish authorities at least 15 times with concerns about demonstrations during the ASEM summit and the following uh, EU-China summit, where Chinese Prime Minister Zhu Rongji would, would attend. So we can conclude that the Danish government caved into this pressure and in turn violated Danish law as well as human rights in order to secure a good relationship uh, with China. Um, and it's also interesting that the, the report by the Tibet Commission documents that before every uh, important Chinese visit to Denmark, the foreign ministry would contact other countries and investigate how they had dealt with the Chinese visits and visits by the, the Dalai Lama, et cetera. So in their, in their communication with Danish authorities, the Chinese embassy would also often refer to how other countries had accommodated the Chinese wishes. So as part of the preparations for a visit by Durongji uh, in 2002, officials in the Danish foreign ministry referred to successful visits by Ju by in Germany, Luxembourg, Holland, Belgium, and, and Italy in, two, uh, in the year 2000, and concluded that demonstrations for Tibet had to be kept out of sight for, for Ju when he came in 2002. Uh, and uh, another example is from uh, 2009, when uh, Copenhagen hosted the COP15 climate summit. Uh, the Danish embassy wrote to the foreign ministry that when uh, Hudintau visited uh, Gothenburg in Sweden in 2007, uh, demonstrations were kept away from him and uh, this secured the, the overall success of, of his visits. So I wish that uh, the report by the Tibet Commission was in English, but unfortunately it's uh, in Danish, but it is accessible to, to any, anyone on the website of the Ministry of Justice. Thank you, Anders, for that very comprehensive summary. And this is really extraordinary. Two Tibet commissions involving interviews with with literally hundreds of individuals officials police and possibly a third to follow um and i martin i wondered if you would like to comment on how differently 
Denmark handled that compared to the Czech Republic, because this really seems to be a democracy functioning at a much higher level than certainly it did in the UK and uh, in in Prague as well, I suspect. Uh, oh, oh, yes. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to Andres several times on several occasions about this, but this is the first time uh, in such a, you know, a, such a detailed description, and I'm 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 seriously amazed. Uh, I mean, this shows the level of a democracy in Denmark when we hear that uh, there are there is a principle of state-funded court cases, and just compare it with the experience from London when you have to put almost <laughs> half a million pounds to get to the court. So access to access to courts is very important and you know, intervening 400 police officers. This is really different. What, you know, in our case, we we put it to the court and we sued Ministry of Interior Police of the Czech Republic. We won it after, we, we invested our money in it, you know, private money. And uh, we we won this principal case, but we we did not succeed we, we were evaluating with our with our attorney by the way the son of of a, one of the charter 77 activists uh, petro who so, who is specializing in human rights it's also important to have the the attorneys who are who are uh, specializing in in uh, human rights issues, so so the case of Denmark is 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 extraordinary. In our case, I think to conclude, what 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 this shows is that uh, uh, the democracy is very fragile and uh, liberal democracy, and uh, it's just a you know failure of several of a single politicians or several politicians who are accepting the totalitarian practices and they accept uh, that they set up a special rules which Chinese Communist Party asks on the occasion of visit of of Xi or of a, of a, of a pres- Chinese president and party leader in in the democracy so uh, I very much believe that that the time has changed that there are no more red carpets. I was in London. We, we we were living in London that that year when this happened, and it was a big shame. And the way of BBC, uh, which for me until then was you know a also respectful source of objective information, the way the BBC uh, reported about the visit was you know ninety nine percent information about the visit and just you know very short. Uh, just you know, one statement of the activist, uh, and that was it. It was very unbalanced, and and then um, uh, fortunately, this dialogue in between Her Majesty Queen and a, and a chief of municipal police was uh, was taken, and it showed us, you know, the uh, she 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 showed the truth in a one in a one sentence. You know the commander when the Chinese state visit. Oh, what I want to say is that that I hope that that the public authorities in these in these uh, in the not, in our countries which experience this bullying and pressure that they will learn from these cases and that the similar procedures will not be 
uh, repeat it. And it also shows one thing, though, if we do not speak up, so then even our democracy would be weakened by the Chinese. So, you know, at the beginning, we the intention of us in Denmark, in, in Czech Republic, in, one, in Britain, was uh, to defend uh, human rights in Tibet, in China. But finally, it turned into defending our human rights in, in our democracies because they were violated because of Chinese pressure. So I think this is a very strong lessons learned how important it is to speak up and how important it is to, 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 to keep on principles and, and safeguard uh, elementary human rights and, uh, in, uh, and constitutional rights in our democracies. Yes, as, as, as Martin says, we, we have to hope that the, the red carpet will not be rolled out in quite the same way ever again after the last few years. We're in a different moment in our political relationship with, with China since COVID and many other factors. Just to, to mention that Xiaojiang uh, did have perhaps an unlikely ally in the form of the late Queen of, of Britain. Um, and to, to mention what, what Martin was just saying, at a garden party sometime after the event, the Queen was introduced to the gold commander of Britain's security, Lucy Dorsey, um, and she made the comment that uh, it was very bad luck that, um, that the gold commander had to deal with Xi Jinping's delegation. And the Queen mentioned that she'd heard that they were very rude. So um, quite an unusual intervention, royal intervention there, which, of course, seized, seized the headlines here. Um, and I think testimony to your very quiet hard work behind the scenes, Xiaojiang, there as well. And, and, Prince, and Prince Charles was not attending, if I remember well. Now, King Charles, now King Charles. So this now is King very Charles, yes. who, who is very close to the Dalai Lama, very close friend mm. of the Dalai Lama, has received him in the UK numerous times. And on an earlier visit of Jiang Zemin back in 1999-2000, um, King Charles again did not attend uh, a state banquet and uh, demonstrated his his solidarity, I think, with the Tibetan people and his friendship with the Dalai Lama in, in that way. Um, incidentally, that visit so many years ago with Jiang Zemin, there was another significant vi victory with the Metropolitan Police who um, admitted that serious mistakes had been made in blocking protesters and taking away Tibet flags from protesters. So that was perhaps the beginning of the, the legal challenges in our democracies. And of course, now we know a whole lot more about how important it is to, to defend our democracies mm -hmm. against the authoritarian advance, but also against other, other enemies. Xiaojiang mentioned the new policing bill in the UK, which makes protest a, a lot more difficult and which is a very uh, backward trend. Xiaojiang, I wondered if you wanted to comment at all on um, your feelings now about the, the UK in, in regard to its relationship with China and how optimistic you are in terms of a new generation of political leaders perhaps 
um, facing up to China more strongly here? I think maybe uh, more challenge about this uh, uh, business relation and the economic relation because the UK uh, keep very, uh, very uh, close uh, economic uh, relation uh, with China. So that, that is uh, the China can use its economic leverage, influence a lot of things. Uh, maybe most people just now look at the uh, Confucius Institute in uh, university. Also, in sometimes the Chinese government and and uh, is called is some Bengal uh, um, uh, organization gave the money to the university. They not called is Confucianism, such as they called is develop study. In UK, so how the things even the you can look the parliament, uh, the UK uh, uh, is a forty eight uh, club group. You can look the cross the party uh, parliament member actually this belong to this group. Uh, actually, the Chinese uh, government can give very influence uh, to the uh, UK. The, the foreign policy and also they can influence inside um, right to a peaceful uh, protest and also they influence the other thing. Also is also UK political system is a uh, big problem. They very um, can, they can, um, they, they can very change, change and influence by the Chinese uh, economic um, leverage. I still, even the COVID, they, a lot of people uh, maybe think about uh, situation changed, but still this, you can look at the, the lot of the things that the current UK government did not deal with, right? During the COVID, we cannot buy the uh, face mask. They must in, um, Imported from the Chinese uh, Chinese product because it's a very cheap one. The, the the cheap labor in China, they they can uh, export the UK, but the UK the labor the not product by this one. Also, they not product the the labor in China. Actually, the influence the UK whole the system the, the model. That I think the. The challenge, the uh, not the democracy way, also the challenge uh, economic uh, model. Also, if you think about the democracy, not only political way, also including the economic way, also the right uh, to peaceful protest, or also the free um, expression or the free assembling, free organization, also the the relevant how the system, how the UK want to do. So that is a big question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Xiao Zhang. So a lot to um a lot to think about. Um I think we're going to wrap up about now. And I just wanted before before we wrap up, is there anything that uh, any of the three of you want to conclude or make any concluding comments? Yes, perhaps uh, 
Well, the, the latest uh, report by the Tibet Commission documents uh, several cases, uh, cases of uh, Tibetans, uh, Tibetan leaders visiting uh, Denmark and uh, to which extent the, our foreign ministry tried to prevent uh, meetings between these uh, leaders and uh, Danish parliamentarians. So this has been documented by going through email exchanges between uh, the prime minister's office and the parliament and, uh, and the foreign ministry. So there's a lot of material there actually that could uh, be used by, by us uh, as background information when, whenever we prepare our next visits by uh, uh, Tibetan exile president. Mm -hmm. But this is all in Danish, of course, and uh, it's, we don't really have the capacity to translate all of this. And the, the relevant information is uh, is quite it's quite far from one piece of relevant information to the next in the report. So it's difficult to know what how to tr translate this into English. In in contrast, in in Prague, there's a very um, pro-Tibet mayor. I believe, and uh, also some uh, some some quite positive action in support of Taiwan, and pushback more recently, Martin. I think. Yeah. Oh yes. I. I mean. Uh, I think that the, except of Germany, Chancellor Scholz, who visited Xi shortly after being re-elected. Uh, which, which I consider as a big shame, uh, this kind of support. So I think that the atmosphere has changed a lot, and there, uh, there is not there is not a politician who's uh, speaking about China as a as a great opportunity. Politicians consider China more as a threat, and uh, I think the lessons learned from COVID. Uh, uh, and, Chinese virus, the way they handled uh, with the not informing the world and um, and what it has caused to the to the economy globally, uh, uh, it it you know it shows how how fragile this you know long supply chains chains where we are producing goods in China and then it's destroying the whole economy. I think this is a big lesson learned. And um, I'm working in a field of climate change and renewable energies. And I follow a lot of the European uh, strategy and politics on this because I'm chairing the European Renewable Energy Federation. And I see a big change. There are, there are strategic documents of a European commission, which for example, in the field of photovoltaics are, asking to transfer the production of photovoltaic panels and technologies from China to Europe because uh, uh, we are undergoing a huge decarbonization uh, process and we can't be dependent on Chinese technology. Very recently, there are information that in North Scandinavia, a, a new sources of, of rare minerals, which are like lithium and others were found. So Europe what understands the, the danger of being dependent on totalitarian China and, uh, and puts an effort to, to cut the dependency. 
and uh, that we are trying we are starting to speak not just about the carbon border tax that means that you put a tax on import of goods uh, from countries when there are no carbon markets and the value of carbon is not uh, not uh, set up but we are starting to talk about human rights border tax that the citizens of liberal de democracies are interested in and especially a new upcoming generation People are more and more interested about the state of the art of human rights. Look at the Volkswagen highly probably leaving uh, Xinjiang. Uh, so, so I'm 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 rather optimistic. I think that the, yeah, the atmosphere has changed a lot. China is not an opportunity; it's it's more a threat. Nevertheless, we have to care of 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 uh, not just of of, of Tibetans and and try to help them to become free, finally, but also protect our democracies out of this kind of pressure and bullying. I think that's um, a good place to um, to end on a, a positive note about the changed atmosphere that I think we're certainly seeing across the EU and Britain too. So I'd like to thank you all Xiao Zhang, Anders Anderson, Martin Bursik, thank you so much for participating in this uh, very illuminating discussion. And uh, let's see how these efforts continue in protecting our own democracies, as well as fighting against the Chinese Communist Party system. Thank you again. Thank you very much, and Tashi Delek. Happy